It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and it is presented today by BetQL because football season is here. You can feel it. It's in your bones. Even if you aren't ready quite yet because it starts next week, use the data from BetQL to bet on the NBA or NHL playoffs. I've been telling you guys about that. You can get the BetQL app or you can go to BetQL.com, enter code ROSS20 for 20% off your first payment or look at some of their stats and algorithms on prop bets that can help you with fantasy football or betting the season win totals like Steve Fezzik and I did on yesterday's Even Money podcast when we had five best bets. So it's the BetQL app, and it's BetQL.com. Enter code ROSS20. Speaking of ROSS, that's me, former NFL offensive lineman, a bunch of podcasts now, bunch of media gigs. I will actually, Joe, be in the booth of a college football game on Saturday, Middle Tennessee State at Army. I didn't know if I would go to any football games this year. So Middle Tennessee State Army, I am beyond fired up to see kids flying around, having fun, playing football. So anyway, got a bunch of podcasts. Hopefully you check out Andrew Brandt on today's Ross Tucker football podcast because he was unbelievable going over all the business situations, mixing Kamara, Riley Reef, Jason Peters. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So check out today's Ross Tucker football podcast. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL across all the various social media platforms. All the shows can be found at Ross Tucker pod. He is at FG underscore Dolan. And by the way, Joe, have you thought about changing that? Uh, see, there's a reason I haven't, Ross, um, because I would lose my verification check mark. And we all know how everybody how everybody loves and respects the blue check marks on Twitter. But uh, I want to get that change. I don't think I have the pool at Twitter to get that change. It's like, I don't know, it's like this secret society. You have to know somebody who works there. But uh, once I can get that changed and once I can get like our entire staff verified – Kind of like the athletic does, uh, then maybe maybe I will change it. But for now, Ross, it stands for Fun Guy Dolan. That's the <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude. The, I didn't know that. That if you change the handle, you could mm-hmm. lose your blue check mark. Yeah. So with with I, I mean, I basically had to sign away my firstborn to to get that thing. So. Uh, I, I, if anybody who works at Twitter is listening, help us out over at fantasypoints.com. But, uh, but yeah, uh, that, that, that's the reason why, um, I, I gave up way too much of my privacy to even get that thing. But, you know, back in the day we thought it would help, uh, help the, the site. So, uh, but yeah, now it's fun guy Dolan for now. Love fun guy underscore Dolan. Correct. Fun guy underscore that Joe Dolan. Speaking of Joe Dolan. For the last time in 2020, it's Tears of Dolan. Will I win my league if I'm following Joe Dolan? 
makes me sad joe i love that song so much it's so it cracks me up every time love scott sheriff scott by the way will be drafting against us friday night in the season-long official fantasy feast podcast redraft league can't wait for that tomorrow's episode by the way joe since we're doing two a week because it's the show that's so nice we do it twice tomorrow's episode you're going to give us some fantasy tips, and we'll dive into Kamara and Joe Mixon and about Tyrell Williams and uh, all these different situations going on. The latest news and Joe's official fantasy drafting tips for 2020 on tomorrow's show. Today's show, though, Joe, is about me. Finally. Finally once on this darn podcast, it's about me. It's Tears of Dolan, Ross's O-line. And we probably talked about this before. But you're the real fantasy expert and guru. I'm not. So can you explain for anybody out there that's like, oh my gosh, O-line. Seriously, Ross? How you utilize O-line rankings. Well, I mean, it's huge. Because the offensive line, Ross, I'm I'm going to butter you up here a little bit. The offensive line is what makes the offense go. If the offensive line sucks, then a team cannot uh, cannot execute its game plan or has to adjust to what will likely be a less effective game plan. So when I'm talking about somebody like Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts, for instance, a rookie running back I like a lot, there, there are some issues there, obviously, with the depth that the Colts have. But when I'm talking about somebody like Jonathan Taylor, I am really excited about his offensive line. On the flip side, I've had multiple people ask me, yeah, I know, Joe Mixon signed his extension. You're really happy for fantasy purposes that Joe Mixon signed his extension. But how worried are you about that that Cincinnati Bengals offensive line? And it's something that you have to keep in mind. How many questions I got this past week? Are you moving Miles Sanders down based on what's going on with the Eagles offensive line? You know, that's something that has to be taken into account. But it's one of the main reasons Ezekiel Elliott's been so successful over the years. And and it's just these teams with better offensive lines, they just tend to produce more consistently. They don't have defensive lines wrecking their games. And if a defensive line wrecks a game, it affects the run game and it affects the pass game. Joe, it's like I told you to say that. You literally, two things. Number one, you literally just named my number one ranked and number 32 ranked offensive lines that we're about to I seriously did. Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon, come on down. Number one and number 32. The best and the worst. Number two, what I tell people, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, is I look at O-lines as like, tiebreakers right everybody's everybody has their rankings they've all evaluated the stats but you get to that point where it's like Nick Chubb or Austin Eckler or whoever it is right I'm just making up names at this point 
And I do think O-line is a pretty good tiebreaker to lean on. It's a pretty good like, you know what? These guys are so similar. They're both going to get a good target share. You know what, though? Man, his O-line's a lot better. I'm going to go with him. He, he, it's almost like I had your boy Edwin Porras on uh, from Fantasy Points. Love Fantasy Points. Love the code BEAST. We'll talk about that more on tomorrow's show again. But what I said was is that he said health a lot of times for him is like the tiebreaker, right? Like if two guys are similar, he's going to go with the guy that doesn't have the injury history or injury issue. That's how I feel about offensive line. Would you agree that it's a good tiebreaker? Excellent tiebreaker. It's an excellent tiebreaker, Ross. I mean, like if you have two guys right next to each other, hey, I'm going to go with the guy who it feels like his offense isn't going to get blown up. And, and, and look, you, you understand just as well as I do. These are 32 teams that are competing each and every week. And, you know, there are better teams than others, and there are better offensive lines than others. But in, in the professional level, Team 32 can beat Team 1. And just because you have a bad offensive line doesn't mean it's going to perform badly every single week. Just because you have a great offensive line doesn't mean it's going to perform great every single week. But um, when you use the, a tiebreaker, something that that you're like, man, I have these guys neck and neck. It's a nice. It's a nice thing to lean on because I I predict those offenses to be more consistent throughout the year. So let's get to my tiers. We'll start with tier one. There's only three teams in it, Joe. It's my elite tier: Indianapolis Colts, New Orleans Saints, Green Bay Packers. And I would say, in general, this year. Because of no OTAs, no mini camps, no preseason games, not very many padded practices, I, I already am a big believer in continuity and chemistry among the group up front, but that's only been enhanced this year. It's, it's continuity and chemistry on steroids this year for me when it comes to these rankings. That's why I have the Indianapolis Colts number one. Uh, Philip Phil, Rivers has got to be like – over the moon after what he's been playing with with the Chargers the last few years, Ross. Oh, yeah. It's a a total 180. They've got the same five guys up front for the third year in a row. So these guys should know each other extremely well. So I got the Colts number one. I think the Saints at number two are the most talented offensive line. The only thing there is, you know, they're going with a rookie, Cesar Ruiz. He's a first-round pick. He'll probably play very well. But they got rid of Larry Warford to play, you know, to put Ruiz in there instead. And so there's just a little bit, first of all, the guys on either side of him now have to work with somebody new for the first time. Number one, number two, there's some risk there that Ruiz won't be able to play as well as Warford did. So that's number two. Number three, and a team I guess I'm higher on than other people, I've got the Green Bay Packers. Number three, uh, Bakhtiari. I really like Elgston Jenkins. I think the center, Corey Lindsley, is a good player. The question mark there is Ricky Wagner at right tackle after the Lions kind of got rid of him. Okay. But I have, I, I have a sense that he's going to bounce back and have a solid year in Green Bay. Plus, Bakhtiari is so good they can slide that way if they need to help him. Your thoughts on my elite category? Well, I think uh, most people would agree with the Saints and the Colts, Ross. Um, the Packers one is interesting to me, and I wonder if the Packers view it the same way because you look at the way they've built their team this offseason. That they're gonna they're gonna run the ball. They they didn't draft a wide receiver. Uh, uh, Devin Funchess opts out. 
this is a team that drafted a power back and a fullback in in the first three picks of the NFL draft. So they're going to run the ball, and I bet you they view their offensive line as maybe the strength of their team, which is which is why I think they're building. You can argue all you want. I know we have in the fantasy industry about how they need to help Aaron Rodgers get them some more receivers, but that is how they view their team, and that's how they're going to build it. I think they probably see it similarly to you. And uh, what I would say to that is I think Ricky Wagner is a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. You know, his background's in Baltimore. So I think that actually serves him well. Above average, this is a few more. I've got the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers, New England Patriots, Las Vegas Raiders, and then number 10, the Philadelphia Eagles. So Dallas, Travis Frederick's gone. Left guard, still a little bit of a question mark, but the other three guys, really, really good. Pittsburgh, I don't know why they moved Matt Filer to left guard. I thought he was playing great at right tackle. That's weird to me, but they still got a good line. Mm -hmm. The Ravens, no Yonda. And I wonder sometimes how much those guys benefit in terms of rankings based on Greg Roman's offense. That's why I don't put the Ravens as high as other people. I think they benefit greatly from the structure of their offense. The Niners, boy, getting Richburg back. You have Trent Williams at left tackle, but they've got some interior issues that are, that have been a little concerning during camp. The Patriots have a lot of good – I mean, their guards are awesome. They get the center back, Andrews. But Marcus Cannon opting out and no Dante Scarnecchia has me drop them a little bit. I don't think people talk enough for fantasy purposes and for real football purposes, Joe, about the Las Vegas Raiders offensive line. Colton Miller was better last year. Hudson's a stud. Incognito was really good. Trent Brown was really good. I think Gabe Jackson has a bounce back year. I think the Raiders have a top 10 offensive line in the NFL. And I still have the Eagles at 10. I'll tell you why, Joe. I think somehow it gets worked out that Jason Peters is back at left tackle. I don't know if they give him more money or they convince him to or whatever. I think they put Matt Pryor at right guard, and I think that that's fine. Yeah. I think that that's it. I think that's still a, an above average offensive line. They're the last for me in the above average category, but they're the bottom of it because now what we really don't know about is their depth. You know, I, yeah. I like my lotta. You hear these bad reports every time I've been able to see my lotta with my own two eyes in preseason games. He plays well. Uh, I've been hearing good things about Jack Driscoll, but depth matters. Like, depth really matters. Eagles are one injury away from having a guy out there that's never played, ever. So that's something to keep in mind. Your thoughts on my above-average category? Well, uh, with the exception of maybe the Raiders here, Ross, it seems like these are really good offensive lines that have a question or two. And, you know, you look at Indianapolis and this, you can, I mean, you can nitpick everybody, maybe with the exception of Indianapolis, but like there, there are some big questions here. And, you know, I thought your point about Philadelphia is interesting. And I want, I want to raise this because it has fantasy implications. Um, the Eagles are currently playing Jason Peters at right guard, where from everything I've read and have been told, Ross, he has been dominant. And, well, I, I don't think that's necessarily that big a surprise. Jason Peters is still an elite mover and maybe guards a little bit easier to play than tackle at this stage of his career. But the Eagles beat writers have noted, uh, by the way, um, Andre Dillard, from what I was told, he was going to be the left tackle. And certainly it's a loss for the Eagles. As you mentioned, depth, he was 
he was a little up and down in, in camp. Um, but you also wonder if Eagle beat writers in a way are spoiled because they've seen Jason Peters and Lane Johnson holding down that offensive line for like a decade. And and maybe just slightly weaker offensive line play draws draws their eye a little bit more. But when you mention the importance of depth, the Halapulavati Vitae was one of the one of the like the most maligned Philadelphia Eagles on like Eagles Twitter and Eagles fans. Oh my God, he's so bad! And then he goes out and he gets a fifty million dollar deal from the Detroit Lions to play right tackle. So maybe maybe there's just a little bit of a disconnect here. But with, when it comes to Philadelphia, I'm getting a ton of questions about Miles Sanders. I tend to agree with you. Matt Pryor apparently has struggled at left tackle, but he played pretty well at right guard when he played last year. I think Philadelphia, this is a team, it's an older offensive line. They're built to win now. Pay Jason Peters, put him at left tackle, play Matt Pryor at right guard. Matt, I mean, Brandon Brooks has had an Achilles injury. Is he ever going to come back as strong? You need to start developing for the future. And I know the Eagles had the big setback with Andre Dillard, but go for it this year, man. I, I mean, I, I agree with you, Ross. I think they're going to work out a deal. If Jason Peters is going to play left tackle, they'll, they'll, they'll get that money. Um, I don't think they want Carson Wentz getting, getting massacred simply because they don't want to give Jason Peters an extra couple million dollars. Yeah. So the point I would make is Peters at left tackle this year might be better than Diller was going to be. And prior at right guard might be as good as Peters was going to yeah. be. I mean, we don't really know. It's let's a money get, thing. That's all it is right now. Yeah, let's get to the average category. There's a lot here. Usually there's not that many notable things when you get to, the, you know, you're more talking about the top and the bottom, right? If it's a tiebreaker, the middle is like, eh, the middle. All right, so I got the Bucks at 11, Browns 12, Bills 13, Chiefs at 14, Titans at 15, Falcons at 16, Jets 17, Panthers 18, Lions at 19, and the Houston Texans are at the bottom of the average unit at 20. Uh, a couple of things I'll mention here. The Jets signed and drafted about a zillion offensive linemen, and that's good. But these guys have practiced together like 15 practices. That's bad. That's why the Jets are not ranked higher because they were also awful last year. So I like that they're throwing resources at it, but I don't like the lack of time together. The other point I wanted to make, last year, Joe, I had the Houston Texans as the worst offensive line in the league going into the season. I'll give them credit. They got better as the year went on. I thought their young guys, Titus Howard, Max Sharping, did some good things. I have them 20th. I wouldn't be surprised if they're higher than that. They're one of the few teams that has the same five guys back. So that does bode well for old man David Johnson or Duke Johnson or whoever. Yeah, and, and here's the thing with Houston. You you look at Bill O'Brien and his tactics, and, and people have obviously opined on those, but he saw a, a need for that team, and it was left tackle, and he went out and he got Laramie Tunsil, and that helped solidify things there. So I think you can argue with the way Bill O'Brien goes about things, but certainly he helped that offensive line, and it helped Deshaun Watson, and it's going to help uh, whatever their run game is going to be. So um, when it comes to Houston, yeah, I, I don't think you look at this offensive line as a weakness anymore. And like you alluded to, 
Ross, these are these are the lines where like I'm probably not using them as a positive or a negative in either way when I'm doing my fantasy analysis. I'm viewing these as like if everything goes right, these these, these lines should not be a weakness on these teams, and that's a good thing. Uh, before we get to the below average and the poor, I want to make sure everybody knows about something that's neither below average or poor. It's actually amazing. And it's two absolute no-brainers from my dudes over at DraftKings. I don't know if you heard about this, Joe. They are giving the Chiefs 101 points in the opener against the Texans. Kansas City, okay? You can you can put a bet on the on the Kansas City Chiefs plus 101 in the opener. Plus 101 points. I think they might cover, Ross. I don't know what the maximum is. I, I'm <laughs> curious. I don't know what the maximum is. But there's got to be some max that you can put on that bet. But just go ahead and win that one. They also have this free survivor pool for the people that are like in states where it's you know not legal yet. Free survivor pool. Either way, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS to take advantage of these no-brainer offers. Again, promo code ROSS. You'll get in all the action for a limited time. DraftKings Sportsbook. Look, if you're ever going to get in, get get the free money from the Chiefs bet, from the Kansas City bet. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let's get with it, Joe, with below average. I've got the Rams, the Cardinals, the Denver Broncos, Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, New York Giants, and the Washington football team. Those are all the below average for me. And really, nothing jumps out to me about them. The Dolphins invested a ton of resources, sort of like the Jets, so we'll see what they end up getting done. You know, Denver was average until Jawan James opted out. Yep. So those are a couple of ones that t- that jumped out to me. Giants might have been towards the bottom of average before Solder opted out. Uh, and the Vikings looks like they're keeping Riley Reap. I would have had them real bad if they got rid of Riley Reap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, th- this is also an example of how quickly it can t- turn around because two years ago, heck, even before last year, Ross, where would you have put the Los Angeles Rams on this list? I mean, Ooh, top five. up there. Yeah, like, and then they were one of the worst lines in football last year, and I think it really hurt the offense. I think it took McVay and company just a long time to get to kind of reconcile how they had to game plan, and then I think that's why they went to more 12 personnel at the end of the year. And maybe that helps solidify things for the Rams, but I'm hearing good things from Rams camp. They think that offense is due for a bounce back, but the offensive line is still a concern. And this is where you really start to look at at, at lines and say, hey, Man, I'm trying to decide between Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. I'm trying to decide between Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey, although that decision's made for most people. You know, I'm trying to decide, should I take that shot on Antonio Gibson in the middle rounds? And this is where you're like, oh, man, but that offensive line is not very good. And, and sometimes, not, not that it's ever going to completely move you away from a pick, this is where you start to consider it and say, man, 
I would like to feel a little bit more comfortable in that area. Let's get to the poor offensive lines. And the one might surprise people, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Dwayne Brown's the only guy that I think is really solid there. They got rid of a Fetty and Fluker. They're trying new guys. Um, and then we've got the Chargers still. I mean, I just I'm, I'm amazed that that's who they're going with at left tackle, those guys. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, even with Jonah Williams back, they're the worst O-line in football. Look, all the reports are great about Burrow, yeah. but worst O-line plus rookie quarterback, not usually a good formula, Joe. Yeah, one of the things I was stunned by, Ross, was that the Cincinnati Bengals did not invest a high draft pick on the offensive line. Now, I'm sure they're thinking, well, Jonah Williams is coming back, so that's like a high draft pick. But it's still a line, as you pointed out, that has plenty of questions. So I thought they were going to spend a second or a third round pick on that offensive line, and they did not. They opted to instead um, build – I mean, they need a, they had a lot of needs on, on – um, on defense as well, but I think they think their offense is talented enough, and it is. It's got a lot of talent. Joe Burrow, um, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, who they just signed to an extension. But, man, watching Joe Mixon when I was doing our player profiles for FantasyPoints.com, he was one of those guys where I was like, whoa, like some of the ways that he created, because there were times he was met. I'm talking Tecmo Super Bowl. When when the defense calls the same play as the offense and then immediately everybody just breaks through the offensive line, that's what it looked like sometimes for Joe Mixon. And he had to manage to create with those situations. Hopefully continuity, hopefully Jonah, Jonah Williams adds uh, some stability there. But that is a concern for me when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. And hopefully some of our listeners listen to the Ross Tucker football podcast and realize – that they can get a free copy of Madden. I've got six. I've got codes in different area. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I got codes. So go ahead, get the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone, whether you're in a legal state or yet to be legal. They're all going to be legal eventually. And go ahead, send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. And Make sure you listen to Joe on tomorrow's Fantasy Feast podcast. We're getting his updates on all the latest news. Tyrell Williams and Kamara and Fournette and all these. What does it mean in Jacksonville and with the Raiders? That's on tomorrow's show with Joe and his official fantasy drafting tips for this season for people who are doing this weekend like me and Joe Friday night. Friday night showdown. Friday night fantasy fees showdown. Anyway, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.